to This Week in Nickelodeon History. My name is Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you here as we celebrate some Nickelodeon anniversaries that have taken place in between the times of March 19th to March 25th. And it wasn't enough for this to be the season finale, two full years of covering Nickelodeon anniversaries, but for one final episode for season two, I recorded the entire thing, but didn't record the entire thing. I spoke to a camera that wasn't recording, that was supposed to be recording, that was clicked on to record and had the light on for recording, but simply wasn't doing it. And then speaking about all of these anniversaries, my full top five, even the explanation for the gap in between season two and season three. I'm going to get through all of that right now, yet again. So just so you know that I can't escape this and act like that this was a one-take thing, this is... (laughs) Take two of this week in Nickelodeon history. I can't even fake it. I can't believe I spent the last like hour and a half making that episode and then nothing. That's what I get for trying to make uh, a little bit of a break for myself in between season two and season three. The universe is going, no, we want you to continue season three next week and just go right back into the thing. So let's do this again all the way back 32 years ago. On March 23rd, 1991, we had the first episode of Clarissa Explains It All. Created by Mitchell Kriegman, the show starring Melissa Joan Hart ran for five seasons of 65 episodes. One of the earliest sitcoms I can remember watching, I had a love of the friendship that Clarissa had with her friend Sam and their unique way of talking with one another. Clarissa lived on the second floor of their home. Sam, as their neighbor, would bring over a ladder and would talk to her through her window by entering her room. Even as a kid, I knew there was a level of creepiness in bringing a ladder to somebody's house, but in this sitcom setting, it felt so genuinely innocent, but it was a friendship that I couldn't get enough of. I don't remember many of the specific episodes of Clarissa Explains It All, but I do remember of the relationships that Clarissa had with her father, with her brother, with Sam. And I gotta say, it's a show that I can tell you is worth diving into if you enjoy older sitcoms. I have no idea why this revival announced in 2018 didn't move forward. In 2022, Melissa Joan Hart revealed that Nickelodeon was not moving forward with the reboot, and I have no idea why they wouldn't even on Nick at Night have a Clarissa Explains It All reboot. You have Nick at Night, which is built in for older sitcoms, and if there was ever a place to revive an older sitcom, you would think the audience is right there. You have both the Nickelodeon audience of maybe parents still watching with their kids, but then you have that Nick at Night audience. I don't know. I feel like that would be perfect. But Paramount Plus brought back iCarly. Maybe they can also bring back Clarissa. If you're looking for more Clarissa content, though, the original creator, Mitchell Kriegman, over two decades after the last episode aired in 1994, released 
a novel, Things I Can't Explain, all about Clarissa in her late 20s navigating life as an adult. So if you're a fan of the show, check that out. If you're a fan of Clarissa Explains It All in general, do you have any favorite moments of the show? Let me know in the comments below. The second appearance of March 23rd on this list, 22 years ago on March 23rd, 2001, we had the final episode of Oh Yeah! Cartoons. Created by Fred Seibert, the show ran for three seasons of 34 episodes, although throughout its run, 96 different cartoons were created for Oh Yeah! Cartoons. A variety show of a bunch of different animated shorts from a multitude of different cartoonists from around the world. Oh Yeah! Cartoons helped bring the Fairly Odd Parents, Chalk Zone, and My Life as a Teenage Robot onto Nickelodeon screens, starting out originally as shorts, but then proving to be successful enough and popular enough to be spun off into their own shows. But this is not the first time for creator Fred Seibert to be the producer behind what is known as incubation shows, these shows that bring together a bunch of animated shorts with the hope that a few of them, or at least one, will get spin off into a successful show. A few of the shows that Fred Seibert's name can be attached to goes as follows. Dexter's Laboratory, The Powerpuff Girls, Chalk Zone, Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Courage the Cowardly Dog, The Fairly Odd Parents, Fanboy and Chum Chum, Adventure Time, beyond a few others. These are just a small list of some of the greatest animated shows in television history, and Fred's name is associated with them in some way. Unfortunately, there isn't a master list of every creative bit that Fred Seibert has helped bring to any of these shows, but it's safe to say that without Fred, most if not all of these would not make their way onto the television screen as you know it now. Some of these could eventually be made throughout other means, but they certainly wouldn't be made or have the trajectory in the way that you know them currently. So. Thank you, Fred, for all of you do. Thank you for bringing us Oh Yeah! Cartoons, which also brought us one of those shows which is celebrating an anniversary this week on March 22nd. 21 years ago, on March 22nd, 2002, dodged that March 23rd by a day, we had the premiere of Chalk Zone on Nickelodeon. Created by Bill Burnett and Larry Huber, the show ran for four seasons of 40 episodes. Based on one of the more popular shorts from Oh Yeah! Cartoons, unlike The Fairly Odd Parents, which premiered right at the end of Oh Yeah! Cartoons, us Chalk Zone fans had to wait a little extra longer for us to see the continuing adventures of Rudy Tabuti and his friend Snap. But what was really nice and a surprise over the show of Chalk Zone is that it's not just a continuation of the shorts of Oh Yeah! Cartoons, but two years have passed since those shorts have happened. So they're still canon. And in fact, throughout the first season of Chalk Zone, Rudy Tabuti, through the use of flashbacks, goes back and we basically get re-airings of those original shorts in case new viewers of Chalk Zone haven't ever had the chance to see them because they are still incredible pieces of animation. The original Chalk Zone shorts had Rudy at eight years old and the Chalk Zone series has Rudy at 10 with a new character added to the group, Penny, another student of Rudy Tabuti's class that he eventually feels is trustworthy enough to share his secret of this entire 
other dimension of chalk drawings, which we are actually on the episode of. Uh, I enjoy the addition of Penny. She's an incredible character to the cast. If you are not familiar with the series, the story is that a young Rudy Tabuti comes across a piece of magic chalk that once a circle or portal is drawn on a chalkboard, you are given entry into Chalk Zone, a place where all erased chalk drawings go. If you have ever created a cartoon character on a chalkboard and erased it, it is now a living being inside of Chalk Zone, each and every one. So you have to be careful over what you draw. When I first laid eyes on this show, even the initial shorts, it was one of the most visually impressive shows for me to look at. I truly loved the blend of the chalk aesthetic with the look of Rudy in the world. It really made your eyes just stare at it, at least for me. There was no other show on television that looked like Chalk Zone, especially when they were in the Chalk Zone itself. If you have never watched any of the show, any of the shorts, I can only tell you, just dive right into it. It is worth diving headfirst into that chalkboard. Just be careful. Now, I'm not sure in 2023 how many chalk drawings are being erased into the world of Chalk Zone. I can't imagine their population is as big as Whiteboard Zone, but I still have such a love for the idea of Chalk Zone, for the world of chalk, and if you have never experienced it, do yourself a favor and get yourself a piece of chalk. Our third March 23rd of this list, 10 years ago on March 23rd, 2013, we had the premiere of Monsters vs. Aliens on Nickelodeon. Based on the Monsters vs. Aliens movie created by Conrad Vernon and Rob Letterman, the show was developed by Mark McCorkle and Bob Schooley and ran for one season of 26 episodes. Out of all of the shows that were developed in between DreamWorks Animation and Nickelodeon, this was the one that I was the most excited for. After watching the original Monsters vs. Aliens movie, I found it to be a perfect parody of B-movie sci-fi monster movies of yesteryear, and I was looking forward to more. What could they possibly do in this world? Whether or not it was a round two style movie or a TV series, I was ready for it. And it doesn't seem like I was in a big group of people looking forward to Monsters vs. Aliens. According to Bob Schooley, the cancellation of the show was due to low ratings and Nickelodeon's plans to refocus on more Nickelodeon-esque shows. I have to say, I'm bummed out to hear that low ratings were a part of Monsters vs. Aliens cancellation. I don't know if it was just too much time in between the movie and the show that there just wasn't that fan base to watch it, or if I am truly in the minority of enjoying Monsters vs. Aliens, and I'm fine with that, but I genuinely think there's a lot more to find in this world that, that we haven't uncovered yet. There are more parodies of so many other monsters, so many other aliens that could be done that I hope this series gets to live on in some form, whether or not they make another movie or another special, but I enjoy the characters of Bob, The Missing Link, Dr. Cockroach. They don't have to be originally voiced by their celebrity counterparts, but I enjoy Monsters vs. Aliens. If you are a fan of the show or the movie, do you have a favorite character, or do you have a favorite DreamWorks animated property that showed up on Nickelodeon? Let me know in the comments below. Three years ago, on March 21st, 2020, one of Nickelodeon's most popular shows ended its run 
Henry Danger, created by Dana Olson and Dan Schneider. The show ran for five seasons of 121 episodes, and although it ended three years ago, the entire Danger franchise is still ongoing to this day. Danger Force, a sequel series currently in its second season with a third season renewed, is still on Nickelodeon. They've had a cartoon series, and recently Paramount Plus has secured Jace Norman as the star of Henry Danger to executive produce and star in a future Henry Danger film for their streaming service. So there is still more to be had in the world of Henry Danger. I am not necessarily the biggest fan of the show. It was a little bit after my time, but I do love some of the actors that have appeared on that show, including Ben Giroux as the toddler. I've mentioned Ben and his performance a few times on this podcast. It's just infectious. You watch him as the toddler, and you have to think to yourself, being a villain on this kind of show has to be one of the funnest experiences as an actor. I have to imagine that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not all roses, but a few of those character actors continually show up as villains on that show, so there has to be something to it. And finally, two years ago, on March 20th, 2021, Drama Club premiered on Nickelodeon. The comedy mockumentary series was created by Monica Shearer and Madeline Whitby and ran for one season of 20 episodes. The anniversaries may be over, but now it is time for Captain Eric's Top 5 of the Week, and since we were talking about both Oh Yeah! Cartoons and Chalk Zone this week, I figured why not dive into the world of Chalk Zone and give you my Top 5 favorite drawings of Rudy Tabuti. Number 5 is The Old Lady Who Lives in a Bathtub. This was one of the earliest chalk drawings that Rudy runs into once he enters Chalk Zone to realize that his cartoon characters are actually living in this world. And this is where you have to be careful with what you draw. If you draw an old lady who lives in a bathtub, if that's the inflection you're giving on her and you erase her into Chalk Zone, well, now you have an old lady who lives in a bathtub. She's a little bit angsty to Rudy about it, but accepts the fact that this is life, this is what she was given, it is what it is. And that's hilarious to me. I absolutely love the idea of that character and the fact that now once you're living, you you honestly understand and know what your artist's intentions were. And that'll come into play later on into this list. Number four is Chalk Dad, a little cartoon version of Rudy's father that he drew earlier at some point on their little sandwich board outside of his shop. But the fact that Rudy has a little cartoon version of his father running around in this chalk zone is hilarious. Now, I know Rudy himself is a cartoon character, but they don't acknowledge themselves as cartoons. So think of yourself as a human going into chalk zone and then having a chalk version of your father there or your mother or whatever parental figure you would like to imagine. But that's hilarious. Number three is another early character in the chalk zone mythology Biclops, and I know that Biclops himself is not a drawing of Rudy Tabuti, but for him to become Biclops, Rudy had to draw that second eye on the Cyclops. So that is one of my favorite drawings of Rudy, is that second eye. It's what gives Biclops his personality, 
later on in the series where he goes from someone very angry protecting the magic chalk mind to an ally of Rudy Tabooties. He accepts this second eye, even though it's not horizontal as most of us have our eyeballs. He has a vertical eyeball. The fact that Rudy gives him this gift after all of their trouble in that one short and eventually becomes a friend is what endears me to the character. And it's that little eyeball. It's, it's my third favorite drawing of Rudy's. I know it's not a character, but it gave more character to another character. And for that, I'm counting it. Number two is Snap. And there's a little visual show and tell for you of a Snap action figure, I believe, from Wendy's. But I found this not too long ago online. I didn't even know it existed. And I just had to have it because there isn't much Chalk Zone merchandise out there. Snap is Rudy Tabuti's favorite cartoon. He's his favorite drawing. He draws him everywhere, even off of the chalkboard. But once he drew that character on the chalkboard, little did Rudy know that he was actually creating his best friend. Once inside of Chalk Zone, Snap is the guide for Rudy on everything to do in Chalk Zone and is essentially the second in command of the entire show, right alongside Rudy and Penny. I have always loved the design of Snap. There was something so simple about him that made him stand out amongst all of the other characters in Chalk Zone. And it was believable that a kid created this little superhero cartoon character. He may be loud and has caused more than a few issues for his friends. He is an unforgettable figure within Chalk Zone. And I'm not talking about this figure, but he is an unforgettable character within Chalk Zone. You would think with all of those accolades that Snap would be my number one favorite drawing of Rudy Tabooties, but it is in fact the overall villain of the series, Scrawl. Now, Scrawl was created at a birthday party where Rudy started out a drawing before a bunch of kids decided to take the chalk upon themselves and add on a bunch of different appendages onto this creature to create the grotesque potato monster looking Scrawl. It wasn't Rudy's intentions for that drawing to turn out that way, but soon enough he was erased and Scrawl came into being within Chalk Zone, but since Rudy was the original start of that piece, he is the creator of Scrawl, and Scrawl has such a hatred towards his creator over his creation and the way it was handled, and it's a genuinely intriguing place to be where you're in this world, all these cartoons that you've created just love you, but what happens when you've created something that doesn't love you? That is really interesting, and it's one of my favorite little twists of the entire show of Chalk Zone, I didn't see that twist coming. I didn't see the addition of Scrawl ever showing up. I didn't even think of that as a possibility. So when it happened, it changed my entire outlook on Chalk Zone as a show and Chalk Zone as a concept. Well, now we have evil chalk drawings. This is incredible. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History. That is going to be it. For episode 52 of This Week in Nickelodeon History, season two, two years of this show nonstop, which for those that don't know, I'll give you a, a very little quick TLDR if I can have a moment of where this show was and where I hope this show goes. But originally, this show started out as a segment on my other podcast, I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. And after a few episodes, I quickly realized that the Nickelodeon anniversary segment would 
be longer than the SpongeBob segment. I wasn't the only one who noticed that. Trust me, there were fans of the show who noticed that as well. So it was only smart for me to just spin that off into its own thing. So season one of This Week in Nickelodeon History is actually, for any audio listeners out there, on the audio feed of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, around where season two of SpongeBob SquarePants is. If you're on YouTube, then of course, season one is readily available right there. If you're an audio listener of This Week in Nickelodeon History, you're only going to find season two on its own podcast feed. And that's where the future of the series will still continue to go. Now, right after season one ended, I decided that for season two, I would focus some of the anniversaries down instead of talking about anything on Nick Jr. or Noggin or uh, The N or any of the other associated Nickelodeon shows. I would just talk about Nickelodeon as a channel in its entirety. And for the third season of this show, whatever it may be called or for whatever changes it takes, we'll refocus again on more of the Nicktoons. We will be looking more into the animated shows of Nickelodeon. But I am a fan of Nickelodeon through and through. There will always be times and other places for me to celebrate some of the live-action anniversaries of Nickelodeon because I do genuinely still love shows like All That, Kenan and Kel, Drake and Josh that I grew up with. So there will be other times to celebrate those shows and their accolades. But for my own podcast, things are just going to focus more in on the Nicktoons. And I'm going to take this break just for myself. I have been producing two podcasts personally for two years straight now, and I'd like to just take a few months to just focus on one while also developing this further idea of where I'd like this show to go. So for any of you fans out there, please just wait a few months before there's a season three of any sort of Nickelodeon history segment. I can't thank you enough for being a part of these last few years and for these Nickelodeon anniversaries. If it wasn't for you watching or listening, I wouldn't be making this. So even for the few of you out there who follow alongside the Nickelodeon anniversaries, I know that next week you may be missing a little bit of something, but I implore you to check out my other podcast, I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, where there is still some Nickelodeon anniversaries to be had week after week on that show. Maybe not general Nickelodeon, but SpongeBob is still a huge part of Nickelodeon. But if you would like to keep up with what Captain Eric is doing, I please advise you to check out youtube.com slash at the Captain Eric and hit that subscribe button. There will be more video content the week after this episode uploads to kind of fill in those gaps where I usually would have this week in Nickelodeon history. I've been kind of bankrolling a few videos, so stay tuned for those. T-O-O N-E-D. If you would like to follow the captain on social media, you can do so on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. If you would like to support the captain other than subscribing to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, you can head over to that Redbubble link in the podcast description below where you can find a bunch of different Captain Eric pieces of art that you can put on a multitude of different products. Stickers, hats, t-shirts, 
anything you'd like, anything that comes in from my projects, go directly back into my projects, and it's always appreciated. I love each and every one of you on the Ready Crew. Thank you for coming aboard each and every week for This Week in Nickelodeon History, and we'll see you in Season 3. But until then, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History. I'm here with my friends, Nickelodeon, the song and